This show has explicit language and probably has mature themes. Hey, John, will you give us that intro lick? Explanations. I'm Dexter Sorensen. I looked some stuff up on Wikipedia, watched some YouTube about it, and I'm going to explain it to my friend David Gerondo. David, what's up? Hey. Hey. Not too much. What are we going to learn about? Black body radiation. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, Very cool. So first we're going to like ask, what is black body radiation? Then we're going to talk about the ultraviolet catastrophe. Okay. And then we're going to talk about Planck units. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into it. Everything that has every like every single thing, every single body or mass that has a temperature above absolute zero emits electromagnetic radiation. Mm-hmm. And like the radiation is a conversion of the object's internal energy. And so that's why it's called thermal radi- radiation. Right. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like a spontaneous process of the distribution of entropy. Like s- stuff trying to reach a solid state. It's yeah, it's most stable yeah. state. Mm. <laughs> yeah, the lowest energy state it can. Yeah, exactly. Um, but an object that absorbs all radiation falling on it at all wavelengths—that's called a black body. Right. So, like, if you just imagine a thing that's like so black that it emits, that it absorbs every single light, nothing's ever reflected. Nothing reflects off of it yeah. ever. Everything, every photon that touches it does not return to your eyes. So it's it's not that you see a black object in front of you. Like, it, let's say we had a black body object sitting here in front of us between you and I. We could, wouldn't see it. It yeah. would actually be the absence of seeing it. Mm. That's what we would perceive. It's kind of like that. Which would be way more bizarre than not seeing something. It would actually be, I imagine it would probably be very disorienting to look at mm, like vanta black have you heard and of vanta yes black? i have and that's already disorienting enough but that's, and that's not a true you're still yeah it's not black body yeah you're still seeing light reflect off of that object and back into your eyes very little very little well still quite a bit respective to a black body object oh yeah though. yeah exactly but at the same time, when you see Vanta Black, like say painted on a basketball, it almost looks like a two D image. Yep, it does. It does because it's lost. Uh, you don't see um, shadow on it. It's yeah. lost all dimension. Yeah, you're um, unable to perceive its dimension. It's fucking nuts. Uh, I got a quote from Wikipedia: When a black body is at a uniform temperature, its its emission has a characteristic frequency distribution that depends on the temperature. This emission is called black body radiation. So like any object that is a true black body um, emits a uniform set of radiation depending on its temperature. It emits it at all wavelengths, but depending on the temperature, it emits it more regularly or at a higher frequency in specific wavelengths okay. along the electromagnetic magnetic sphere, like 
Spectrum. Spectrum, yeah. Um, but yeah, like a perfect black body that absorbs all energy falls on it doesn't like actually exist. Like in nature, there's no perfect black body. Like even black holes aren't perfect black bodies. We'll get into that. Right, because they, they actually emit radiation themselves, mm. Hawking radiation. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll get back to it, but that's about all I have on it. Oh, um, no, I, I, have, <laughs> I, I would love to come back to it. Okay, yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, instead, pretty much everything gives off some radiation, like, due to reflection and non-absorption. And the term for how close something is to a black body is called its emission. Or no, it's emissivity. It's what now? Emissivity. Okay. E-M-I-S-S-I-V-I-T-Y. And that describes how well it radiates compared to a black body. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. So it's like it's almost like uh, it's, it's related to the word emission, then, yeah. emissivity. And that's why black body, even though it doesn't actually exist, is a good concept to have in science because then you can relate everything against a perfect against standard. Against a perfect standard. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Um, for a black body, which is a perfect absorber, there is no reflected radiation. And so the spectral radiance is entirely due to emission. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. If you saw it at. If you detected emissions from its direction at all, it, they would have to have come from it as the source, not reflected yeah. off of it. And largely, regular objects do act somewhat like black bodies. Like, for example, um, humans mostly give off infrared radiation. Mm -hmm. So that's why like, you can be seen with the night vision goggles. Even yeah, through, it's like, because of our temperature. Yeah, we give off that specific um Frequency, frequency more than others yeah um but like when you start getting to the higher temperatures the emissions on the spectrum be like fall into the visible spectrum sure like fire yeah like fire um the draper point is the temperature at which all solids glow a dim red which is about 976 fahrenheit so that's the point at which even the most reluctant to glow solids begin glowing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because you don't have to get iron up to like 900 degrees no. to get it to glow, I don't think. No. You can get it with a torch pretty easily, and I don't imagine you're getting it up to 900 degrees. I feel like it would radiate a lot more heat. Yeah, well, you got... I don't know. I like, just like... I have, to, I have to like make hot poker... Like I have yeah, to use hot pokers all the time. You cook things at 350. Do you see the coils glowing? Yeah. I mean, I mentioned those coils are hotter than 350. Oh, yeah. But. Yeah, so maybe we're just. No, actually, also I think those we coils, are wrong. Those the coils are emitting energy in all wavelengths, but just highest at those, at those, at those particular wavelengths. Not all wavelengths. They're not emitting x-rays or gamma. No, not a lot, but surely they're emitting some of them. I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> I mean, maybe if they have, I guess, like, if there are decaying radioactive particles within them, yeah, those would release, release small amounts of high energy particles. Yeah. No, I don't think, I think you're right. I don't think it probably releases many, if any. 
at least not due to its temperature. Yeah, no, I don't think that's not possible. Not due to its temperature. Um, Maybe due to radioactivity. <laughs> but yeah, uh, at a thousand Kelvin or thirteen fifty Fahrenheit, the object turns red. Okay. Then at six thousand kel- Kelvin or ten thousand and three hundred fifty. Wait, Fahrenheit, are we talking about a black body object? Turns red. Yeah. At th- one thousand Kelvin. Yep. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And at 6,000 Kelvin, or 10,350 Fahrenheit, the black body turns white. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah, because it's emitting all the colors in the visible spectrum, spectrum to a degree. And it's like like the sun actually has a temperature about 5,800 Kelvin. Okay. Or almost 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit. And is actually an approximate, is a, is an approximate black body. And its emission spectrum peaks in the central yellow-green part of the visible spectrum, but with significant like power in the ultraviolet as well. Is it an approximate black body simply because it produces so much more light than falls upon it? Yeah, is and it was reflected yeah. by it. Okay, mm-hmm. and like so, real- just by sheer amount of light it produces, it, it acts in many ways like a black body. Yeah. That's um, interesting. I never thought of stars as black bodies. Right? Because I never neither, thought of but temperature that's actually in relationship why you can, to them. That's why you can look at a star and see its color and what it's made of mm-hmm. and know... Oh, yeah, yeah, that you're not seeing reflected light off of it from yeah. other stars. Yep. Well, and that's why, like, the hotter stars will be blue. Oh, yeah, of course. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um... But like actually, uh, almost perfect black body spectrum is exhibited by the cosmic back microwave background radiation. Hmm. That's yeah. I don't know. Probably just because it's so diffuse. Wait, say that again. Like the cosmic microwave background radiation is like the is most perfect natural example of a of a pure. Black body. Black body. Because this okay. all fits oh, within oh, math. Okay, oh, I get it, I get it, I get it. this all fits within math. I get it. It's because it's it is the, the most uniform the... temperature thing that mm-hmm. we know of. And it's not, none of it's like, you know, it's photons, it's light, it's microwaves. Um, and so it's not um, being impacted by other light. Yeah. Um. Well, and it's as diffuse as possible. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 nearly uniform in all directions, mm-hmm. though not quite. Um, but the interesting thing about the curve that happens on like the plot of a black body radiation where it emits the most wavelength, um, it's kind of covered by this Wikipedia quote I got. Okay. Uh, black body radiates energy at all frequencies, but its intensity rapidly tends to zero at high frequencies, shorter wavelengths. For example, a black body at room temperature with one square meter of surface area will emit a photon in the visible range at an average rate of one photon every 41 seconds, meaning, for, meaning that for practical purposes, such a black body does not emit in the visible range. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So that's why I was like unsure and still am if like a regular object may just spontaneously release like gamma particle or something like that. 
Oh yeah, I don't. That would require so much energy, though. Yeah. Yeah. And not only that, then if they did, I that would mean that the larger that would mean as a rule, the larger an object was, the more radiation it gave off, and that's not true. Oh, we're we're about to get into that. We're about to get into that. Um, that's actually. That's actually really interesting and very important to science. I mean, it is true in terms of radioactive material. If you have more radioactive material in you, obviously you give off more radiation. Okay. So, yeah, before we get into that question, let's go back to Hawking radiation. Okay. Um, It's the hypothetical black body radiation emitted by a black hole. Right. And the temperature of the radiation emitted by a black hole depends on... or Sorry. The temperature of the black hole depends on the mass, charge, and spin of the hole. Yep. Um, That's so interesting. Yeah. And if the prediction is correct, black holes will very gradually sink and evaporate over time as they lose mass due to the emission of photons and other particles. Yeah. Yeah. This is all Stephen Hawking's work. Yeah. And mathematically, it's all sound. It's accepted now. Mm -hmm. We just haven't been able to observe it because it's a slow process. Mm -hmm. Well, with large black holes, it is. Yeah, we just barely got our first actual picture Image, of a black yeah. hole. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It is very cool. Um, all right, let's get into the ultraviolet catastrophe. Okay, wait, I just want to point out that... Um, so... With with uh, Hawking radiation, what's really cool about it mm. is that because volume and surface area don't scale in a linear fashion um inside a black hole well no in anything so like if you if you double the volume you triple the or sorry if you uh double the surface area you triple the volume um so they don't scale the same and so what that means is it's actually the surface area of a black hole that emits the radiation. It's every bit of the surface that emits that radiation. So the smaller a black hole, the faster it evaporates. Oh, um, yeah, because, uh, but doesn't it emit from the event horizon? Yeah, which is its entire surface area. Yeah. <clears throat> and and so, 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 yeah, because it has more volume inside. Um, and when volume, it's bigger, and versus- volume squared is proportionally to to like so like as so, as you square wait, say as it. you square surface area you cube volume exactly that's how they scale as you square surface area you cube volume yep so like as an object gets larger its volume increases exponentially even compared to its surface area yeah so if really small black holes um in the terms of like the size of you know um neutrons mm-hmm. and stuff like that so, like, if you were to try to maybe, say, condense the mountain of Everest into a black hole, it would be smaller than an atom, that black hole. Oh, yeah. Um, and you would have to feed it with material constantly because it would want to evaporate into nothing within oh, moments. It's just the scale of the ex- extant black holes yep. that keep them because they have so much more goddamn mass in them. Yeah. And what's crazy, so I learned this from Isaac Arthur, what's crazy is if you wanted to use a black hole for an engine, not only would that be, like, one of the most like the greatest power sources you could ever think of. If you had a black hole about the size of an atom or maybe a little bit larger, and that was your power source, what you do is you just feed hydrogen gas into it and absorb the 
Hawking radiation coming off of it, and that is a much, much more efficient conversion of energy than even fusion wow. or um, it's not more efficient than antimatter, but antimatter is difficult to create in quantity. So it's yeah, you could actually, in theory, in a super advanced huh. sense, just use like it harvest as an a black hole. Yep, for like an engine for your society. Yeah. It would be the most. Oh yeah, you probably put a Dyson swarm around the black hole. Yeah, Something yeah, like you that. could even yeah just put a shell around it uh, if you wanted to make it a little bit bigger, have it about the same mass as Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, you could just put it inside a shell of iron, um, and have it to where like you walk, you had the shell of iron far enough away that it was one g of gravity yeah. at that distance. Yeah, I don't. Walk I don't think we it. talked about that in the Kardashev scale. No, there's all we. There's we, tons of different. We should Dyson talk about different types swarms. of um, Dyson swarms. Yeah, uh, Dyson objects or orbital objects. Yeah. Okay. That would be a whole episode. <laughs> all right. Anyway, yeah. Let's get back into this one. Yeah. Um, the ultraviolet catastrophe. Okay. Yeah. 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 A black body will emit radiation in all frequency ranges, emitting more energy as the frequency increases. We already went over that. Yep. Um, wiki quote. By calculating the total amount of radiated energy, i.e. the sun's, the sum of emissions in all frequency ranges, <laughs> i.e. the sum of emissions in all frequency ranges, it can be shown that a black body is likely to release an arbitrarily high amount of energy, according to classical mechanics. Oh. Uh, this would cause all matter to instantaneously radiate all of its energy until it's near absolute zero. What? Yeah, which of course isn't what actually happens. Yeah. Because things don't spontaneously eviscerate all the matter. We wouldn't even be here. Um, yeah, so they, they mathematically, they were supposed to just liberate all of their energy? with classical, Within classical physics. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, within yeah. Within classical physics. Yeah, allow for quantum mechanics or yeah. anything. Um, so, but classical physics does accurately predict, like, with experimental, f- accurately predicts, <laughs> classical physics does accurately predict in experiments results at low frequencies. Hmm but diverges from observation as frequencies reach the ultraviolet region of the electromagnetic spectrum. Okay, so that means something quantum on the quantum scale must be going on yeah. to break that model. Mm-hmm. And that's where the radiative energy release should approach infinity, according to classical physics. Interesting. And is that low in the spectrum? Mm-hmm. That's in the ultraviolet. Yeah, like that's nearly visible. It's just crazy to me that that's relatively low energy on the whole scale of the spectrum in my mind uh and to have it cascade cascade into just like total energy liberation at that point that's like an antimatter collision antimatter matter collision yeah just all energy liberated um and that's why it's called the ultraviolet catastrophe okay um but this is where max Planck he comes in he saves the day gotcha um he wasn't actually trying to save the day. He was just trying to make the numbers add up. Like, he's kind of a humble dude. Listen to this podcast about him today. He was actually the guy who um, read Einstein's papers when he was a patent clerk mm-hmm. and got him published in a magazine he worked for. Oh, wow. And was Einstein's tutor and longtime friend. Wow. Yeah. I think I may, le- may have briefly heard of their relationship, but I definitely didn't know all that. Yep. 
he ended up having five kids with two wives. First one died. Um, and all of them except one, the one that he wouldn't really talk to because he didn't think he was intelligent enough. Whoa, um, that's fucking harsh. <laughs> apparently. Uh, they all died from different things. So all the ones died except the one he didn't like? Yeah, the one that he did like, the still living son up until late in his life, got murdered because he was suspected to be part of this assassination attempt on Hitler. Whoa. Yeah. And then people were also just like saying that they were Jews anyway. And so, but he like stood it, stood with it. Like he actually, Max Planck had a conversation with Hitler at one point. What? Yeah. Like Hitler sent him a postcard that was like, I like the science you're doing. And Max Planck was like, yeah, Hitler, maybe you should come on, maybe you should come on down and talk to me. And uh, they said that he wanted to convince Hitler that the Jewish scientists and researchers were good to have for the country. And then he proceeded in his meeting to like tell Hitler this, thinking that he could see rationality. And then Hitler just started like fucking going on a tirade and like saying a bunch of anti-Semitic shit, mm, obviously. Yeah. Like I mean, yeah, wasn't fucking Hitler with, if you believe it. Um, he's like the king of the Nazis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's the one who pretty much made it a thing. Exactly. He's he wrote yeah. a whole book. He's a fucking chump. <laughs> he is a fucking chump. A fucking loser. Yeah. Every Nazi ever is a loser. He's like one of the. I want to be on record saying he's that. like one of the few people who you can like really feel be like, yeah, I'm glad he killed himself. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> no, you're exactly right. Like sometimes it would have been nice if he would have died earlier, but yeah. And I don't mind going on record saying this either. It would have been nice if it had just been like kind of a rougher death. Oh yeah. I feel like a lot of really good people have just like really shit endings mm. and his is just like mm. yeah exactly i it could have been worse yeah that's why like a, inglorious a, bastards caesar augustus he died from like a butt infection <laughs> oh yeah inglorious bastards yeah Where they just, like pulverize him yep with those uh tommy guns all right so yeah max Planck comes in solve the to solve the ultraviolet catastrophe and he, up, he ended up deriving the correct form for the spe spectral distribution function of a black body by making some strange assumptions for the time. Okay. In particular, he assumed that radiation can be emitted or absorbed only in discrete packets called quanta of energy. Gotcha. Yep. He was that dude. Um, because before that, they had like these scales, and it just scales infinitely. Because they, like, apparently weren't seeing stuff. Like, it just scales infinitely. Yeah, yeah. But because because um, he he wrote about these quanta, everything could then be what's called quantized. And so in the equations, he adds the Planck's constant, which is an integer of a thing. Okay, so yep. So everything that is used has to be a sum of a particular number quantized. Right. And that number is Planck's constant. Yep. Yeah. We had um, to use that in chemistry. Yeah. That came up pretty frequently. And uh, 
He also said that black body ra- radiation could only change its energy energy in this minimal increment. Okay. Um, which is called being quantized. And like essentially he added what's Planck's constant to the black body equations. And Albert Einstein postulated that Planck's quanta were real physical particles, what we now call photons. So Planck they, was literally, he was, he was being humble, but he was also kind of right. He was just trying to make the numbers work. Yeah. And he wasn't actually thinking about what that would mean for the universe around him. He didn't yeah. realize how revolutionarily, well, and or I think, like what a revolutionary idea he had stumbled upon trying mm-hmm. to make the math work. But Einstein saw it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's Einstein saw it as not just a mathematical fiction, mm-hmm. but Planck was already was like way older than Einstein, and old physicists always kind of like hold on to their ideas in a, yeah. a lot. Yeah, but Planck actually was old people in general. For, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> uh, but Planck was actually for like an old old physicist at the time was more amu- like like able to change his mind than a lot of other physicists okay. at the time. Like he was, he was like actually eventually swayed by good arguments that fit observation. Right. Um, so yeah, like solving the ultraviolet catastrophe was basically the birth of quantum physics. Cool. Yep. And by suggesting that there are fundamental natural units for length, mass, time, and energy, Planck had tons of things named after him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like. Um, just like, t- like they're all called Planck units. Yep. I think the British pronounce it Plunk units. Plunk. Plunk. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I'm going to keep saying Planck, but yeah, you're right. Oh yeah. They pronounce lots of things weird, like algae. Yeah. And their last letter of their like alphabet algae. is Z. <laughs> right. Who the fuck came up with that? I want to know what the point of that was. Z. Oh, it's probably just, uh, to make it more discernible. Yeah. But th- that letters. argument doesn't work for me because we got... C B D E G T. Why is Z special? Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. I agree with that. One other thing: we have uh, British listeners, and I love you. You need to reach out, um, because I want to hear from people from across country. But another thing, you do—they're not from across country, by the way. Oh yeah, they're from across an ocean. Yeah, they're (laughs) on the other. They're yeah, across a country and then an ocean, a continent and then an ocean. Yep. Um, another thing is we do dates right. The rest of the world says we do dates wrong, but I'm of the opinion that we do dates right. You mean, um, month, day, year, month, day, year, because that's, that's uh, perfect for organizing things. If you want to organize something by date and you're first looking for month, then by then like, cause you can have everything organized yeah, no, I by agree. year first. I agree. Yeah, actually I do agree that we do it right. It, it organizationally, it does seem better. Like why do I, I don't need to be looking through days for things that for months I'm not interested yeah. in. Yeah. Yep. For searching wise, it just makes more sense to, to the first bit of information be the month. Yeah. And I've never actually experienced driving on the, um, driving on the right side of the road so i don't want to step into that one driving on the left side oh yeah driving on the left side i have experienced driving on the right side yeah all the time you're pretty good at it <laughs> oh fuck um so the quote-unquote unit of action became the Planck constant 
The other natural units he derived became known as the Planck length, among many others, the Planck mass, the Planck time, and the Planck temperature. And those were all basically the smallest possible. Um, some of them, most of them, most of his units are either extremely small or extremely large. Oh, um, wait, there are large ones. Yeah, okay, there are large illuminate ones. Illuminate me. Um, so we'll start with the Planck length. So the Planck length is a unit of length that is the distance light travels in one unit of Planck time. Okay. <laughs> so it's kind of self-referential. But it's the base unit in the system of Planck units. And the Planck length is sometimes misconceived as the minimal length of space-time. Okay. Which I actually did believe that, too. Yeah, I did, too. Um, and honestly, I don't really get this one. But the energy required to observe something as small as the Planck length would create a black hole equal to the size of the Planck length. Yeah, um, it's, be it's because... It's something about the Heisenberg uncertainty yeah, principle. Exactly. You don't. We don't have a particle small enough to actually to observe, observe that because like to observe something you have to bounce a particle off of it first yeah like literally you can think of on on the quantum level every time we're okay. observing something we're hucking a tennis ball at it and then when it bounces off of that thing back towards us now we know where that thing or was in we're space. catching it on an absorption screen like the case of the double slit but in order to see which slit it passes through like you get the emission spec. Like it depends if you want to see it as a wave or. Oh right, or, right. But that's where Heisenberg as an uncertainty principle comes in because yeah. you can only get one piece of information from it. You can't get all. Yep. You can get its velocity by observing which slit it goes through. You get the you get it to only go through one. But if you don't observe it, it goes through both, and yeah. creates the wave pattern. Yeah, and that's actually the. What is that? That's not the uncertainty principle, though. That's, um... That's the... Oh. Yeah, I don't know. That was a long time ago that we did the Schrodinger's cat. Oh, yeah, and it the, has to do with the, the collapsing... Um, oh, the collapse of the wave function. Yeah, the collapse of the Thank wave you. function. Um, wave function collapse. So, yeah. <laughs> the Planck time... A uh, Planck time unit is the time required for light to travel the Planck length. Oh, my God. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Jeez. So the Planck length is the amount of di is the distance that light travels in one Planck time. And the Planck, the Planck time, time is, is the distance <laughs> or no, is how long it takes light to travel well, one Planck, Planck unit. Length. Yeah. <laughs> so a Planck length or sorry, a Planck mass is the mass in Planck units. And unlike some other Planck units, this is a wiki quote, such as Planck length, Planck mass is not a fundamental lower or upper bound. Instead, Planck mass is a unit of mass defined using only what Max Planck considered fundamental and universal units. And it's roughly the mass of a flea egg. The Planck mass. What does that mean? <laughs> Fundamental I don't units. Know. I don't know. It's roughly the mass of a flea egg? Yeah. What is that worth? 
<laughs> it's it's pretty what big. What is pretty stupidly big arbitrary unit, unit size for a mask? Yeah, especially for somebody who's trying to like quantize things. <laughs> yeah, I think he fucked up on the plank mask. Yeah, he's like he's like, yeah, Everything so we got else. hydrogen. It's one one trillionth of a plank mass. <laughs> yep. That's easy for you. Yeah. Um, the plank temperature is a little one cool. microplank. <laughs> is a little uh, plank. The plank temperature is a little cooler. <laughs> Just kidding, it's a lot hotter. Um, it's basically absolute hot. Oh, okay. Which also has its you know own what Wikipedia I think I page. Did. I absolute have learned hot. that before. Okay. Um, here's a quote: If an object oh. were to reach the pl- plank temperature, the radiation it would emit would have a wavelength of the plank length. At which point quantum gravitational effects become relevant. At temperatures greater than or equal to the Planck temperature, current physical theory breaks down because we lack a theory of quantum gravity. Holy shit, dude. So yeah, it's like it can't get hotter than that because the wavelength would be smaller than the Planck length. Yeah. And if that happens... um, Then like, Then... So here, the quantum a, effect of gravity is actually affecting the wavelength. Yeah, yeah. Like at, on that level, the wavelength of it has become so small that it gets distorted by the gravity of single atoms. Mm-hmm. I got another quote. Um, ab- above about the Planck temperature, particle energies become so large that gravitational forces between them would become as strong as other fundamental forces, according wow. to current theories. There is no scientific theory for the behavior of matter at these energies, and the quantum theory of gravity would have to be required. Right. So, yeah, basically just everything would break down if something got that hot. Interesting. Um, But the model of the origin of the universe, based on the Big Bang Theory, assumes that the universe passed through this temperature at about 10 to the negative 42 seconds, one Planck time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> after That's the nice big bang yeah as a result of an enormous entropy expansion an entropy so like basically okay. planck units are fundamental to everything in quantum mechanics and, and so they're not tied to any real measurement they're all hypothetical yes. aren't they they yeah. just have relationships within with one another mm-hmm. not with physical measurements that but we they use. are but they are actual integers Right. Um, and that's the important part. Right, exactly. Yeah, they are measurements. Yeah. But they're only used relative to one another. <clears throat> you can't convert a Planck unit into, like, a foot. No, I think you? you could. You can? Yeah, because a Planck unit is the amount of time it... Uh, okay, so what's Planck time? Like, what, what is a one Planck time? Um, How many seconds is that? It's a lot of negative numbers. I didn't write it down. Oh. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, we Use scientific notation, dude. Yeah. I didn't think you'd ask me that question. I've been dying to know it this entire time. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll bring it up in the next If I, you don't know what a plank time is, then we don't know what a plank length is. If we don't know a plank length, we don't know how hot a, a plank hot is <laughs> um well in that case you could extrapolate it from the uh plank 
plank one plank time being 10 to the negative 42 seconds. No, so you actually, did you write it down. The plank time is the only one I wrote down. Oh, well, I asked you that one. You're like, I didn't write it down. No, I think you asked me the length, which is tied to the time. After we're done recording and I'm not in front of the mic, I'm going to karate chop the shit out of you. Because <laughs> you're going to listen to the recording and you're going to be like, oh, yeah, he should karate chop me. All right. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that is pretty much all I got on this episode. Plonk. <laughs> um, God, Black body. it's so hot in here. We just did two episodes today. Yeah, and it is really fucking hot in here. So, yeah, I guess I'm sorry if uh, I was undiscernible. I'll listen to it in, if it d- wasn't indiscernible. Good. Sorry if I was pedantic. <laughs> 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 All right, we got apologies out of the way. <laughs> That's it for this episode. Dexplanations is recorded at Rabbit Pen Studios in Eugene, Oregon. It's produced, edited, and provided them sweet licks by Jonathan Cunningham. Art and logo by Monet Moran. I want to thank all of our past and current cherished and beloved listeners on Patreon. Your support means everything to me, to us, and the show itself. If you too want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash Dexplanations. Tell a friend to listen to your favorite episode or leave a review on iTunes. They all help out, like, a lot. Likely, we got a bunch of things wrong. If you want to tell me about it or just want to bullshit, hit me up at DexplanationsPodcast at gmail.com. Tweet me at Dexplanations or comment on the Instagram. I'll bring it up in a later episode or do a new episode about it. Oh, and as for you, you totally got what it takes. Bye now. (laughs) 